Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts, Spen and Nick, and the playoffs have officially begun, and they've begun with a bang for the Brooklyn Nets. They were on the other side of a shocking Game 1 victory for the Boston Celtics, a buzzer-beater layup to win the game by Jason Tatum. Uh, A lot led up to that moment. But I guess let's start. Nets are down 0-1. How are you feeling after one game in the books? Concerned. I think uh, this is a game that we should have won, and the Celtics kind of stole it from us in the last 40 seconds. They have all the momentum right now heading into a game two. We're not going to get that performance again from Kyrie, even if Kyrie drops 20 or 30 points. The fact that he scored 39 points on, uh, let me see here, what was his field goal percentage? The dude was 12 for 20 from the field, so literally over 55%. I mean, I I don't think – I think the, the last thought in my head going into this game was KD is going to have an off night. That was the last going uh, – the 60% from Kyrie, by the way, if you do the math. The last thought in my head was Kyrie's going to – KD's going to play poorly because I was like, okay, Kyrie's kryptonite is Boston, so he may or may not show up, and if he does show up, it might be a tough watch. You know, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, role players, hopefully they come through, but I'm not expecting them to. I was like, the one saving grace we have to always fall back on is KD always performs, always comes in clutch, always carries the team. We didn't even need him to carry the team. We just needed him to play a tiny bit more efficiently than he did, which is just slightly less than he normally does. I mean, I think game two, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won by 20. And then maybe we come back and even the series in game three and four back in Brooklyn where we have the momentum, but, or where we have the, the crowd behind our back. But yeah, just, uh, I don't know, man, I'm not feeling good. This is a game we should have won. It would have set the tone for the series. We would have potentially had a two zero or a one, one going back to our home court where we could take the lead. And now it's scary. I'm going to be honest. Now it's scary. Yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. Um, let's start with this concept that, you know, in game two, Boston can come out and punch us in the face. When you win a close game like that in the NBA, especially in a playoff series, and the next game you are home again, you tend to come out and punch the other team in the mouth. So as much as I, I, I'd like, you know, I do think that it will be, a, you know, similar game two as to game one. Let's be real. All the momentum is on Boston's side. I mean, they dominated that game in the beginning of the third quarter. They grew their lead to, I believe it was 15. The Nets fell apart to start that third. A few threes from Marcus Smart um, really separated the Celtics, and, and they were able to get that lead. You know, the Nets were going to have a gross yeah. game. That was a gross game that we were somehow still in. Right. It, but. It made sense why we were in it, Nick. I, I mean, just the star power alone on this team. Look, the fact that Kevin Durant had a bad game for his standards, and, and and let's take a look at his stats. Kevin Durant, 23 points, 9 of 24 from the field, um, 3 assists, 6 turnovers for KD. He was a minus 13. And In those fact, turnovers, like he was just getting stripped. 
Like he he was just dribbling the ball too far out in front of him. It's something you learn in third grade. And listen, I'm not going to attack Kevin Durant. He's the heart of the team. He's the best player in the and team. And he's not the, the reason we lost the game. No, I don't think but you he can was, blame Kevin Durant for losing I'm, this game. I mean, dude, I'm not going to blame him for his offense because he still had 23 points and he still hit a couple big shots. I'm blaming Kevin Durant for his defense. Anybody who saw that last play, yes, the Nets as a whole, I know we're going to dive into that last play. But if you look at the replay, Durant was guarding Tatum. And Durant was watching the ball, and he turned around and saw Tatum on the other end of the court. Now, you could say Kyrie should have hacked Tatum and made him earn it from the line. You could say Seth Curry, uh, and who was a Bruce Brown, shouldn't have both jumped at a Marcus Smart pump fake three. But at the end of the day, Kevin Durant was responsible for Jason Tatum. He was doing a decent job on Tatum in the first half. Second half, Tatum got hot. Lean forward because you're getting out of the green screen. But the fact of the matter is that was KD's man. I can't really point a finger at anybody else. Besides, how did we let Jalen Brown so score so easily within three seconds when they were thirty? All right, seconds let's let's game? let's stop for a second. Let's backtrack, okay? Because everything you're saying is accurate, but we have we, we have to provide context for why this loss sucks. And let's start with the fact that last season in the playoffs we played a very different Celtics team with a very different Nets team, and we handled them. This year, the Celtics are much better. New coach, new and improved roster. The cohesion is there. They're healthy for the most part. They don't have time, Lord, whatever. But they go into this series thinking, we're the two seed. They're the seventh seed. We should beat them. Yes, they have Kevin Durant. Yes, they have Kyrie Irving, who our entire city fucking hates. I I don't think I've ever seen a rivalry between one dude and a city like the city of Boston dislikes Kyrie Irving. It is insane, the hatred that they show this guy. And can you blame him for going back at them? I mean... You know, for all Kyrie's faults, if you have 50,000 people chanting, fuck you, chances are if you're human, you're going to react some type of way. And he, he, he happened to react both on the court and then during those moments in the game where, um, you know, they're, 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 he took the ball out of bounds. He flips, flips the two birds behind his head. And then you saw that scene where he was pretending to cry uh, at another inbounds play. Um, so I, I don't fault Kyrie for that. And I don't fault Boston for the way that they treat him. I mean, you know, I can do without any of the, the, the over the line effed up stuff, but as far as the, the, the jeers and the booze, I get it. I get all that, but I'm going to tell you the thing that pisses me off the most Bruce Brown, after the Cavaliers game, after the win to get into the playoffs goes on the podium and says, we're going to attack Tice and Horford and Grant Williams in the paint. I don't remember the exact, I think he said Tyson Williams because they don't have Robert Williams and we're going to go at them and we're going to, we're going to eat them up in the paint. And Kevin Durant went up right after Bruce Brown. And he's like, I don't know why Bruce Brown said that, that, you know, everyone on the Celtics team is good. We should respect them. You know what? Not only did the Celtics outscore the nets in the paint for the majority of this game, but Bruce Brown, did virtually nothing, Nick. Five points in 37 minutes. He had two steals, two assists, one rebound. He was a minus 13. He had five personal fouls and two turnovers. Okay, if you're going to talk trash and you're going to say things before a playoff series, have some decency and have some pride to back it up. So you want to fast forward all the way to the – yeah, I, I understand. What's the look on the face for? You're giving me a look. Talk to me. I, I don't – this game has nothing to do with Bruce Brown. And also – You're, you're 100% wrong, Nick. Bruce he is Brown the third – he is the – stop, stop, stop hold for on, a second. Hold on, He is the third 
best player on this team in the last month of the season. You cannot find another player who has played more, who has been more consistent, who has scored more than Bruce Brown. You could say it's Seth Curry, but he's unavailable every other night. Drummond and Claxton have been great, but they split time. They're basically the same player. They just do different things. Um, You can't tell me Patty Mills is that guy. Ben Simmons isn't here. So Bruce Brown is our Marcus Smart. But what did Marcus Smart do yesterday, Nick? Marcus Smart had... 20 points. He had seven rebounds, six assists, two steals. The game-winning dime to Jason Tatum. He was a plus six, and he outplayed Bruce Brown. And it really and, – and you know what? You want to get to let, – let's get to that 46-second mark in the fourth no, quarter, no, right? No, I want to get to, I want to, get to okay. Bruce Brown before Fine. that. Because Fine. I disagree. Well, it, comparing, Bruce there, Brown, sure. com- comparing Bruce Brown to Marcus Smart is ridiculous. Marcus Smart is an elite defender – and he's an above-average player. Bruce Brown is an average NBA player. He is an above-average defender. He is a below-average offensive player. Seth Curry is a better scorer when he is healthy. I know he hasn't played much in the last month because of his ankle, so Bruce Brown, therefore, has been the third guy. But my point I'm, is I'm Bruce talking Brown, about talking in, in terms of value to their team. I think that Marcus Smart and Bruce Brown bring similar things. I think Marcus Smart has to do a lot more than Bruce Brown. Marcus Smart is their point guard. He's the distributor. He's the hype man. He's the glue guy. With that said, that's fine. I don't even care about that argument. Bruce Brown <laughs> talked shit about Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice shot one for six, had 3,000 in the first half, and was absolutely horrendous from the field. So I don't give a shit that Bruce Brown talks shit about Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice sucks. My Celtics fan friends were texting me, wow, Daniel Tice sucks. Keep Horford on the court. Keep Grant Williams on the court. Now, we got outscored in the paint by 24 points. We got out-rebounded by 14, nine on the offensive glass. I don't care that Bruce Brown was talking shit about their bigs. We should have been better with Robert Williams out. Bruce Brown, sure. Should he maybe not have ran his mouth when he's Bruce Brown and he's not James Harden or, or Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? Sure. I don't, I don't mind the, the running of the mouth. Just back it up, man. Just back it I up. Know, That's all. But backing it up, he was talking about how our bigs should have outperformed, and they should have. Claxton couldn't grab a rebound. He had freaking shaky hands. And look at, did you see Kyrie in the fourth quarter? Claxton went for a rebound. He kind of slipped out of his hands. I think Tatum ended up hitting out of bounds, so he still got to retain possession. But Kyrie looked at Claxton with both of his hands and said, squeeze the ball. Because I, okay. the second chance points that the Celtics were getting wasn't a lack of size on our end. It was a lack of fucking willpower and balls and aggressiveness. Claxton yes. wasn't going up enough. Uh, Durant wasn't going up enough. And even our small guys, Curry, Brown, Mills, they weren't boxing out. Everyone was watching, which is what just led to the Celtics comeback. It led to that 40-second mark where Jalen Brown had an easy layup. And it led to Jason Tatum getting a wide-open layup that Kyrie barely touched him on because Katie wasn't paying attention. So it all goes back to the fact our defense was horrendous. There were gaps everywhere. Our help defense was horrendous. They, a pick and roll and switches were making us absolutely useless. And then the fact that nobody was rebounding. I don't care that Bruce Brown said that. Yes. Should Bruce Brown perform better offensively? Of course he should have. You could say that about a lot of players. You could say that about KD. But Bruce Brown's whole point that he was trying to make was we were should have came in here able to out-rebound them because we have Drummond and Claxton and they're missing Robert Williams. Their he best literally said the terms rebounded. attack the paint is what he said. Had nothing do to do with rebounding. He's talking attacking about attacking the, paint the paint is getting second chance points too. That's Claxton going up and, and, and banging. Are you really going to shit on Claxton, Nick? Okay, yeah. there were three, three guys on the Nets. Three guys on the Nets who were plus, okay? It was Kyrie Irving was a plus six. 
Nick Claxton was a plus 10. Goran Dragic was a plus 17. All everyone I'm looking at is rebounds and points team, in the paint. Everyone else on this team was minus. Minus 13, Bruce Brown. Minus 13, Andre Drummond. By the way, if you're going to shit on Nick Claxton, can you shit on Andre Drummond? The man had eight points and four rebounds in 17 in minutes. He got, you he know what? I'll actually defend Drummond because he got in foul trouble. Oh those are some God. bullshit calls. You're going to, but dude, Claxton actually played somewhat well. You have the strangest criticisms when it comes to this stuff. Claxton was one of the only guys giving effort. He had a great rejection. I think he ended up with two blocks. Uh, He had eight rebounds. He was the leading rebounder on our team, yet you want it towards the guy. He was six of eight from the field. He had 13 points. He had three blocks, not two blocks. As I said before, he was a plus 10. Where Nick Claxton really needs to perform on both sides of the court. They got every rebound. Where, where Nick Claxton really needs to improve is the free throw line. He went one of five. He missed two really clutch free throws in the fourth quarter. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Claxton's the reason we lost. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Kyrie Irving is the reason we lost. We lost because the Celtics we definitely didn't lose were able to execute down the stretch better than we were. We were outcoached. We were outclassed. And we were just outplayed in the final 46 seconds of basketball. So – are you can, can we get to that final 46 seconds? Are you ready to talk about this? Yes, I just want to say are you gonna, are you gonna are you Goran, gonna stick Dragic, up for Bruce Goran, Brown and no, but I'll say Goran Dragic had a nice game. Yes. And it was funny because you hear the post-game quotes. Goran Dragic was the one who spoke up and he basically said, We gotta get it together defensively. He goes, Kyrie carried us out there. This is a team sport. We can't allow him, we can't basically depend on him i'm paraphrasing here to do that again we have to pick it up as a team both offensively and defensively so let's get to the final 46 seconds yeah the last thing i was going to say is giving credit where credit's due celtics defense is unbelievable and their game plan against kevin durant to literally clobber him switch on everything and double team him in every corner it worked that's all i'll say so the fourth quarter starts the nets are down 11 i think yeah the celtics had a nice push at the end of the third quarter the nets start the quarter down 11 and they just they just tightened it up on defense, and Kyrie Irving did his thing, and all of a sudden the Nets are up three points after a beautiful made three point field goal. And by the way, Kyrie was feeling it from three, six of ten in this one, twelve of twenty from the field, thirty nine points, nine of nine from the free throw line. He did have six assists. He did have four steals. I mean, as far as being a villain to Boston, um, he is the ultimate villain because he's that good, and he can go into their their building and 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 put on a performance like that. So he hits a three to put the Nets up 114 to 111 with 46 seconds left. The Celtics get the ball back. Jalen Brown gets the ball top of the key, two dribbles to the rim. Bruce Brown is guarding him. Of course he's guarding him. Jalen Brown acts like Bruce Brown isn't there. It was Brown on Brown crime, and he basically just gets a wide open layup. I was so annoyed with the effort on Bruce Brown's part, and people are saying there was no help defense. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're a perimeter defender like Bruce Brown and you're quick enough, you should not let Jalen Brown bully you to the rim. I know Jalen Brown's an all-star. He's a great player, but that was too easy. And what bothered me is in basketball, when there's more than 24 seconds left in the game and and one team is up and the other team has the ball, a two-point shot is just as dangerous as a three-point shot because it's a two-possession game. So the Nets basically allow Jalen Brown, and Bruce Bruce Brown allows him, to walk to the lane. He gets a layup. It's a one-point game. After that, everyone knows what happened. Kyrie gets double-teamed, tries to dribble out of it, can't dribble out of it. 
desperation pass to Kevin Durant, who puts up a contested three from Jason Tatum. Clank. Boom. Here's where the coaching comes in, right? The Celtics get the rebound with, I want to say, 11 or 10 seconds left, and Ime Udoka does not call timeout. He says, run the play. The Celtics being the cohesive team that they are, they've played together for a long time, those three guys, Brown, Tatum, and Smart. They've been together for a few years now. Brown gets it. I think he has Drogic on him, takes him to the lane, makes a beautiful pass to Marcus Smart. As you said, Marcus Smart pump fakes. He gets two guys in the air. It was Nick Claxton. And who was the other one? Was it Seth Curry? No, I think it was the two smalls. I think he got Bruce Brown and Claxton. No, I think I watch the replay again. I I I think Claxton was on him. Yeah, watch the replay. Anyway, um, Smart pump fakes. He gets two nets in the air. Tatum makes a cut. Kevin Durant was on Tatum. He gets caught ball watching. Tatum gets a, a beautiful pass from Smart. One of the most clutch passes I've ever seen in my life that Marcus Smart made. I'm giving him a lot of credit. Tatum gets it. Kyrie's standing right there. Tatum pirouettes around him, scores the layup as time expires. Kyrie Kyrie barely makes an attempt to stop him. But again, he's not in the position to make a play. He just wasn't. I hug him. And if I'm Bruce Brown, I, I, I get it, Nick, but, but it's it's a second left also. So if you're Kyrie in the back of your head, you're also thinking he might not get it off in time. And he wasn't in not he was not in a position to make a play anyway. So I, I don't but, you can blame but, Kyrie okay. for a lot, I'm but not don't blame him for blaming, a last second buzzer beater. I mean, I'm blaming KD way more than Kyrie. It was KD's man. For I'm that for that possession, yeah. I'm blaming Bruce Brown on the last possession with Jalen Brown, like you said. Yeah, there was no help defense. Body him, make him earn it, or make him run it from the free throw line. He basically – everyone kept backing off. We were had a lot of people in foul trouble. I know Seth Curry, Bruce Brown, Kyrie, uh, KD, everyone had more fouls. Drummond had to sit a bunch. Everyone was kind of in the three to four foul range. You take six to foul out in the NBA. When you have four fouls, Bruce Brown, why are you backing off with 10 seconds left like you can't get a foul, as if you can't touch Jalen Brown? Here's what I'll say about the last 10 seconds. You're right. Ime Doku made a great call. No timeout. And – what, what happened was exactly what he predicted to happen. The Nets, the 20th ranked defense in the league, ran around like fucking chickens without heads, scrambling and jumping at every pump fake and every player who touched the ball with 10 seconds left with no regard for help defense, with no regard for sticking to their original man, no regard for the clock because they're jumping with seven seconds left as if it's a buzzer beater every time. So Jalen Brown drives. We have two people chasing him. He passed it off to Marcus Smart. He jumps... Sh- we're worried about a Marcus Smart buzzer beater three. He pump fakes. We have two guys jumping. I don't need two guys jumping at Marcus Smart. And he drives right through them, creates a lane. KD, like you said, KD's ball watching. KD's staring at Marcus Smart. So we have a double team on Marcus Smart that they're both jumping at a pump fake board and KD watching for like third man support. And then, of course, that play happened where Tatum hits it. Buzzer beater. I think he got it off with about 0.4 seconds left. And the Celtics win 115-114. Uh, Zach Zarba, best ref in the league, really wanted to kill the Celtics vibe for a second and say that they uh, needed to review it, which they didn't because it was pretty clear he got it off. But there are, yes, we're not going to point a finger at Kyrie. We're not just going to point a finger at KD. We're going to point a finger, honestly, in a lot of uh, Steve Nash's direction. Because Steve Nash kept calling timeouts whenever there were holes in our defense. And then we would go back out. And there were still holes in our defense. Now, I'm not saying it's an immediate fix. I'm not saying Steve Nash says, hey, play better defense. And all of a sudden we lock up. But there was nothing. There was no improvement. And I got to give a lot of credit at halftime to a lot of these better coaches. And and listen, we came back in the third quarter. But if you look at halftime adjustments in general throughout the league, and even more so in college basketball tactically, 
these coaches tell their players and they and they uh, uh, to change up something on defense, whether they go to a zone, whether they go to a boxing one, whether they're double teaming KD, whether they're double teaming Tatum. And it just feels like sometimes Nash doesn't adjust as much as he needs to. He kind of more so puts dependence on the players to figure it out on their own. And that's me uh, 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 making an inference based on the results. I don't know what Nash is saying to these t- uh, to the Nets in the locker room, but it just seemed like all the holes we had in our defense, we never actually tightened them up or solved them in any way. The Celtics got cold. We got hot. A couple calls went our way. It was a really physical game. So there weren't a lot of fouls kind of going towards the end of the game. In the beginning, it was a lot more ticky-tacky. So I'm going to point a finger at Steve Nash, even though I've, I've been supportive of Nash when a lot of people haven't because he kind of jumped into a tough situation. But, dude, that last 45 seconds might have been the worst defensive coaching and offense. It just might have been the worst uh, uh, clutch time, one minute left, hold on to a game coaching that I've ever seen. So, by the way, it was Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton who jumped on that Marcus Smart pub fake. Seth Curry was not out there to end the game. The final – oh, no, he was out there to – it was Bruce Brown, Goran Dragic, Kyrie Irving, Nick Claxton, and Kevin Durant. Those were the final five on the court Uh, because for defense – yeah, I I guess that makes sense. And Seth Curry was out there a few possessions before. Um, There was another play in the game, and by the way, I want you to realize how many times I'm saying Bruce Brown's name during this, this whole thing. Cause I, I thought he was really detrimental. There was another moment in the third quarter. I don't know if you remember this, the Nets got a steal and it was a fast break and uh, Brown passed it to KD. It was a give and go. KD gave it right back to Bruce Brown and he got rejected by Jalen Brown. Do you remember that play? Yes. It went from being, I think, a four-point game to an eleven-point game. It was like a it was like a seven-point swing, but the plays that the Nets needed to make to win this game, the only four guys who made it tonight, it was Kyrie Irving, it was Nick Claxton, it was Goran Dragic, and Durant hit that one crazy jumper uh, that like hit the side of the rim and went in with with you know little time left. But yes. from Andre Claxton Drummond, Claxton was wide open under the under the uh, hoop on that one. From Andre Drummond to Bruce Brown, Seth Curry really didn't do much. Those those three guys, Edwards played four. I mean, Seth you can't Curry was, Seth Edwards Curry was actually the only one hitting shots in the first quarter. Seth he, he had nine points. He, he was three to seven from the field. But but I'm telling you, man, Bruce Brown, he's playing 37 minutes and he's given us five points. And 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 he's getting stuffed by Jalen Brown and he's getting taken to the rim and he jumps. For that pump fake on Marcus Smart, I mean, him, it's Nash. Kevin Durant was cold. Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, that last possession, he was double teamed. He couldn't make the play. This was just a tough loss. This was one of the most upsetting losses in recent memory because at the end of the day, we had a chance to steal this game. We had a chance to go up 1-0 against Boston on the road, even after a bad performance from our best player. And like you said, those last 46 seconds, it wasn't just bad defensive basketball. It was just not being able to execute down the stretch with a lead. And that's what great teams do. And and we didn't do that. Um, You know, it's a, it's, it's still a seven game series or, or yeah, at most seven, at least four, we still have a lot of firepower going into game two, you know, Kevin Durant's, not going to play as poorly as he did in game one. Maybe Kyrie Irving can, can duplicate his game one performance, but he's, he's still motivated. I need to see more from the rest of this team, Nick. I need to see 
Patty Mills making more than one three. I need to see Seth plays run for Seth Curry, and he's got to be more aggressive. Andre Drummond can't pick up fouls early, these ticky-tack fouls. It can't happen. Um, if Tice – and by the way, let's not forget. We haven't mentioned his name, but Al Horford absolutely freaking killed us. He had 20 points. He had 15 rebounds. He was 8 of 13 from the field. Okay, that can't happen. You can't have that. Jalen Brown, 23 points. He was a plus 10. Um, Tice only had four points and six rebounds. Seven for Grant Williams off the bench. Seven for Derek White off the bench. Three for Peyton Pritchard. Every single Celtic that played scored. Um, and and they just, they they outplayed us. So my, my point is, looking ahead to game two, what are some things you would like to see for this Nets team to at least try to pick up a victory on the road and bring this thing back to Brooklyn tied one apiece? They got to do what the Celtics did and they got to have better ball movement. They got to cut through double teams and find the open man. Uh, KD needs to become a distributor. If they're going to literally harass KD like they did in the last game and it was a good strategy, I need him to get 12 assists a game because he's got to find the open man. He's got to dribble with more confidence. I never saw KD that rattled with the ball. He had the ball was just kind of flying out of his hands, six turnovers. So first things first, KD's now got to be more of a court general, similar to what Tatum did in the first half. Tatum, they, we were double teaming Tatum, and he was finding the open big down low uh, for an easy bucket. That's why they got so many points in the paint. T- first Tatum first, ended up with 31 points, eight assists in that first yeah. game. That was a pretty yeah. good game. T- Tatum's a good player. Um, so first things first is KD. He's got he's to change his game plan. Second of all, I can't expect that performance from Kyrie. So just some consistency from Kyrie. He's still obviously got to be in that 20 to 30 range. Seth Curry's got to shoot more. I know he started off hot and then he kind of slowed down. I know he's always battling that ankle. His, his limits are sometimes not as, as high as we want them to be, but we are trying to force him in there because he's the most efficient shooter on the team. I need Seth Curry to take some freaking – I need Seth Curry to have the confidence that Patty Mills has. Patty Mills will like fire 11 times a game and go two for 11 from three because he's been pulled. Yeah, but, but, but Nick – how many times is the ball touching Seth Curry's hands? Well, if the My first point thing is, I mentioned, if the first that, thing I mentioned KD distributing more, then it would touch it. Yeah, but isn't that a Nash problem that we don't run any plays for Seth Curry? You played basketball. You know spot-up shooters need plays run for them. I could be a Nash problem, but I think it's also a KD problem. And that could be Nash's fault. KD's still was... expecting the ball in his hands too much. If KD's shooting and it's not going in and we're double-teaming him, why isn't he finding Seth Curry? Why isn't he finding Patty Mills? So – you can't blame Nash for every time. Yeah, should we run more plays for Seth Curry? Absolutely. But where does that start? Our star players have to be distributing the ball more. And I'm going to give Kyrie a pass because he couldn't miss last game. And, and then the most important thing is it just comes down to our defense. And I, I don't know the fix on that because I know everybody always says, like, oh, is defense more strategy or is it more heart? Like, can, can someone really improve their defense by just trying harder? I don't know the answer to that. I know guys like Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan – look like rabbits without heads when the ball, when they get a pick set on them and their help defense is horrendous. So I do think there is some sort of strategy when it comes to spacing and blocking and knowing where you're supposed to be on the court, knowing how to hedge, knowing how to return to your man. But overall, it just seemed like the Celtics wanted it more in the paint. They wanted it more on defense. I was texting my buddy, Josh Blinsky, who shout out Slate Milk, who was saying at the end of the day, Hart's going to win game over talent any day. So yes, are we slightly more talented on paper than the Celtics team? Absolutely. But Marcus Smart, Grant Williams are diving for every loose ball. They're bumping our guys up and down the court. No offense to Kevin Durant. And again, I don't, I don't want to shit on Kevin Durant because he's, he's unbelievable. He's not a bang guy. Kevin Durant was getting a little rattled by the bodies flying to the ground. So, so, so we, haven't, we haven't used that word yet, though, right? I mean, forget about bang guy, but I'm talking about physicality. The physicality of game yeah. one. Yes. We if, got if pushed the refs around. Are, yes. The, first of all, the refs were – In I a thought, dirty way, but in an aggressive way. No, it was – 
but it was strategic. It was smart. Look, the, what the, Celt- yeah. the Celtics are a really smart team. They are going to be physical, and they are going to test the reps. I personally thought, and this is not me saying this as a Nets fan, because I thought it was inconsistent on both sides. I don't think the refs were able to maintain a tone for that game because the first quarter was a slugfest. I don't know if you remember, but A, there were tons of fouls called in that first quarter. Guys were getting hit left and right. And then in the second quarter, they kind of swallowed the whistle a little bit and the physicality remained. And that is always going to favor the Celtics. So if the Nets can somehow match that physicality but continue to play clean basketball, then maybe, just maybe, they'll have a better chance. I thought in the second half when it was really just Claxton at the five because Drummond was in so much foul trouble and and you had Kessler Edwards in there for a second and – you know, Goran Dragic had a really good third third and fourth quarter. I thought the physicality by the Nets, they, they sort of matched the Celtics. And I, I think that's why in that fourth quarter, the Nets were able to go on a run. Because once they showed up to that game physically, it was like, oh, crap. Okay, our guys are here now, too. You you guys might be the, the, the bruisers and the brawlers, but, but we're here. We're ready to step up to this challenge. And um, so, yeah, so that's put, something. Just to put that into perspective, uh, 18 yeah. combined fouls in the first quarter is the most of any game this season. Right. So that was the first quarter 18, and then the 30 and number. And I, I, I think to, that was 30 the Celtics. Overall, 30 overall in the first half. I think that was the Celtics testing the refs to see what they can get away with. Because that's what you do with Kevin Durant off ball. You, you hit him, you, you touch him. Whenever he catches the ball, you throw him off his spot. They did a great job of that. Tatum was great. Horford was great. Smart was great. I get all that. The second thing I, I think you'd have to look for in game two is are we going to potentially see Blake Griffin or LaMarcus Aldridge? When is it right to play one of these guys? Is Andre Drummond the right fit for this series? He's a little bit slow on his feet. Daniel Tice, Al Horford, Grant Williams, what do these three guys have in common? They can all stretch the floor. They're all relatively quick big men. So I don't know if Andre Drummond is right for this series. I mean, look, it was one bad game. He can come back next game and get 13 and 12 and shut me up. But I look at Blake Griffin and say, he is a quicker big man. He is. He almost makes more sense for the East. Blake Griffin is just built for playoff basketball, if you really think about it. He's a tough, aggressive dude. If he's hitting the open three, his value skyrockets like crazy. Um, and Aldridge is a seasoned vet. I'm, I'm surprised we have not seen Aldridge basically at all since he's returned. Uh, so those two things are, are, are things that I'd like to really look at. And then, you know, you mentioned defense, just defending the paint. I don't really know how you, Nash has to do a better job of of making life tough for the Celtics. I feel like they just got so many layups at the rim yesterday, whether they were getting a second chance opportunity. What was the um, the offensive rebounds? The Nets had five. The Celtics had 14 offensive rebounds. So you can't let that happen. Um but uh, look, look, I am I am optimistic for game two just because I know KD is not going to play that way. He's not going to play as bad as he did in game one. But we mentioned this earlier. When a team wins a, sh- a game like that in a shocking fashion and the next game is at home, it's just going to be hard for, for the Nets to come out and punch him, punch him as hard as they did in that fourth quarter. It, it really is. I agree. All right. I mean, that's, that's what I got for, uh, for games one and games two. I don't think that Nets fans should lose hope. It's, it's going to be a long series. Um, we still have the potential of Ben Simmons coming back. I, I'm hearing games four to six. Now I'm hearing he's been pain-free for two weeks, so maybe he can come back for games three or four maybe. I, I just don't know. But until I hear that he's actually playing, I'm pretending that he's not on the team because he hasn't played a second for the Nets this year. So we gotta we gotta 
perform and execute with what we have, which is guys like Bruce Brown, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Andre Drummond, Kessler Edwards. If these guys are called upon, they need to step up because I'm sorry. If we play against the Celtics in game two, like we did for the first three quarters, I, I think we're going to lose. And, and the final 45 is, seconds of game one. Game is on uh, Wednesday, April 20th, 420, Hitler's birthday. Smoke up, toke up. Jesus. 7 p.m. Is it really Hitler's in, birthday? Yeah, it's Hitler's birthday. Uh, in that. Boston, down guy. 1-0. We need we need this we need this win. Could, if not, we got a lot riding on us on our home court. Could, game could three we just four. say that I will be at Game Three? Oh, nice. Can we just say that we're an anti-Hitler, anti-Nazi podcast? I don't. I think we, we don't need to. It's obvious. I was just. Oh no, you'd be surprised. Pardon my take. Always says they're an anti-Nazi podcast. They they make it known. So we, do you not? Are you scared to say it? We're both Jewish, so I believe we're an anti-Hitler and an anti-Nazi podcast and a pro-Jewish. Just, just say it. Sure. Okay. Well, don't. Now we're getting into other things. Just don't say anything. You're, you're a really controversial guy, Nick. Um. Okay. To end the episode, a few shout outs. By the way, stop shouting out Belinsky. You shout him out on every episode. I like Josh just as, just as much as the next guy, but this is turning into Fireside Nets with Spen, Nick, and Belinsky. Um. And shout out to uh to Jack Williamson's brother, Reed. Reed. Respeedo Reed. Reed. Reads my guy. And shout out to Jack Willie too. Uh, shout out to me. This was a tough episode for me because I, I was so distraught after that Nets loss. But I did get married on Saturday. I've been mentioning it for a while. I posted on Nets Twitter. Really thought that my good juju of my wedding would carry over to that Nets playoff game. It did not. So shout out to me for getting married. Um, as Nick said, half of Fireside Nets will be at game three. Uh, in Brooklyn, Nick will be there with a few friends. He'll be making some noise, go up to him at the game, take a picture with him. Uh, he's not shy. And we appreciate you guys for listening. This is really a venting, venting episode for us. I just needed to get out all my frustrations and argue with Nick when he randomly calls out nets, uh, that actually had a good game for the loss. So, um, thanks for listening, Nick, any, any final words for the listeners before we go? Let's, uh, let's just keep our heads up and hope for the best. Keep your heads high and your balls low. And that's a Spenny Shen guarantee. You want to you wanna close this one out? And for any women listening, we apologize for that one. No, I meant, yeah. I meant metaphorical. Metaphorical yeah. balls. Yeah.